Welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Podcast. Welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Podcast. I'm delighted that you are with me. Let me start with an apology. Uh, One of my good friends wrote me today and told me that I have a habit in this podcast of when I speak of Trump, I just say Trump. And when I speak of Biden or of Obama, I say vice president or president. Now, this is one of those things that speakers and broadcasters do that's completely uh, innocent, naive, and uh, not intended to communicate any kind of derision. Uh, when I, when Bev and I first married and she would come and see me uh, speak, she said, you look to your right all the time. You hardly ever look to your left. What's going on? And she actually had to help coach me, uh, as I now coach others, but coach me uh, to look to my left. She even would go and sit in the back of the room on the left and wave her hand so that I would be forced to look at her. I tell you that because all speakers have a tendency, uh, and I have not meant to be diminishing Trump in any way by not saying Trump. So from now on, it's President Trump. Forgive me. I did not mean to signal anything. I simply, I think, frankly, what I was thinking, if I was thinking at all, was to show respect for the ones that I'm not as aligned with, Um, though I'm sure I would enjoy dinner with Mr. Biden or Mr. Obama. I don't align with them politically. I align a little bit more politically with Mr. Trump, and yet I don't like him. I just don't like his personality. So anyway, uh, thank you, Tony Wisdom, for telling me this. And uh, please forgive me if you got uh, if if I uh, seem to be signaling uh, something. I've been very open in this podcast about how I feel about all of these people, but I would not be so small as to refuse to say President Trump when I'm referring to him. Okay, we are at an unbelievably dramatic moment in American history. Uh, Let me tell you why. I'm recording this on September the 28th. It is the day before the election, I'm sorry, the debate that will take place between Mr. Biden and Mr. Trump on the evening of the 29th. We have had fresh revelations via the New York Times regarding Donald Trump's taxes, something that has been in the news and in the courts and a matter of contention for quite some time. And I can, I'll just leave it at this. He doesn't look that good. He didn't pay taxes for many years. He apparently lost a lot of money. One year, he only paid $750 in taxes. And the New York Times, of course, eager to show the comparison, has showed millions of dollars of taxes paid in some of those same years by Mr. Biden or Mrs. Kamala Harris, Kamala Harris. So, Anyway, we're at a a difficult moment. We're just a a month out or so from the election. We are hearing horrible things about Mr. Trump's taxes. We are hearing horrible things um, uh, about his politics. Uh, Difficult things are happening. But I want to urge you to keep your eye on the ball of what really is uh, a serious religious liberty issue, because President Trump has nominated Amy Coney Barrett to the U.S. Supreme Court. He had committed to nominate a woman to replace Judge Ruth Bader Ginsburg. He did so. And of course, anyone who's paying attention knows that Judge Ginsburg was to the left of center, strong advocate for women, pro-abortion, etc., pretty much standard uh, middle of the left. And, of course, 
Amy Coney Barrett is absolutely not to the left. Let me tell you a little bit about her. Uh, she's young for a Supreme Court nominee. She's 48. Uh, she has seven children, five of them biological, two adopted from Haiti. You've probably heard that in the news. Her husband is also an attorney. Um, they are deeply devoted Catholic Christians. She is a graduate of Notre Dame and also has been a professor at Notre Dame. She is also a charismatic slash Pentecostal. Now, if you're not comfortable with that language or perhaps don't know that language. Uh, you have Christians, just just a garden variety Christians, uh, who believe that Jesus is the Son of God, that he died for the sins of the world, that he was, you know, he, he rose again after dying with the sin of the world upon him and now sits at the right hand of God. Uh, any serious traditional conservative Bible-believing, I'll even say, um, solid Christian believes those core truths, whatever else they might disagree about. There has been a massive movement in the last hundred years or so that arose with Pentecostal revivals in America in the early 1900s, uh, and then, of course, have spread dramatically throughout the world, particularly in the third world. And this movement adds to that experience of who Jesus is and understanding of what what the first century Christians experienced, which which is the baptism of the Holy Spirit, an indwelling, a, a bodily indwelling of the Holy Spirit, often an ability to pray in other tongues, other languages. You see this demonstrated in Acts chapter 2, for those of you who are interested, the day of Pentecost. Um, they believe in the supernatural. They believe in miracles. They believe in um, a, a, a conflict of kingdoms between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of darkness, and the kingdom of darkness is populated by a devil and his demons. Um, they believe in uh, the spiritual gifts, as described in the New Testament, that there are words of knowledge and prophecies and miracles and healing and things of that nature. They may not happen every day, but they do happen. This would be the Pentecostal movement, and the Pentecostal movement then gave birth to the Charismatic movement, and I won't get down into the details of the differences between those two. Okay? So, Amy Coney Barrett is a Roman Catholic uh, she is, again, from Notre Dame. I'll mention that as much as I can since I'm a Notre Dame football fan uh, and I guess lecture at Notre Dame. And uh, But she's also charismatic. She is a Catholic charismatic. And so she would be in church raising her hands in worship. She would be, I don't know if she speaks in tongues or not. I, I, she obviously believes in the works of the Holy Spirit. Uh, she's going to believe in praying for people. She's going to believe that the Holy Spirit gives wisdom to people to pray for folks and share with them truth they may not know and things of that nature. This is all fairly normative. And those of you listening to this podcast are probably fairly experienced with this. Um, Joel Osteen is charismatic. Pat Robertson is charismatic. Oral Roberts was charismatic. Uh, Billy Graham was sympathetic with it, though not said he had not experienced some of that stuff himself personally. Um, this has become fairly mainstream in the United States. And it is the fastest growing Christian movement in the world, the single fastest growing Christian movement movement in the world today, uh, particularly in the third world, uh, is what you might call Pentecostal charismatic Christianity. Okay, enough said. Now, I'm going to keep my, my eye on the ball here of Amy Coney Barrett, because she is being nominated to the U.S. Supreme Court, obviously, by President Trump. And what's going to happen is that the Democrats, those who oppose her nomination, are going to use her faith as a weapon against her. 
And if this happens on a large scale, and if this happens uh, dramatically, and if this happens and and is, by the way, especially if it's successful in keeping her from taking office, which, by the way, is not likely, but even if there's an airing, even if there's a culture in the hearings of anti-Christianity, of anti-Catholicism, certainly of anti-charismatic Pentecostal Christianity. In other words, if some senator says, uh, Madam, do you believe that God speaks to you? Madam, do you believe that the Holy Spirit gives you wisdom? Uh, that you don't have naturally. Madam, do you pray in tongues? Madam, have you ever laid your hands on someone and prayed for for a miracle? Madam, are you religiously a nut? If this kind of questioning goes on, uh, even if it's not successful in removing her from office or from, you know, potentially office, um, it is going to be seen as part of a persecution of these types of Christians, Catholics, and charismatic Pentecostal. She is, by the way, the first charismatic Pentecostal ever to be nominated to the U.S. Supreme Court. Now, I don't know if Mr. Trump even knows what a charismatic Pentecostal is. I, I mean, he he may have had a staffer describe it. Uh, I don't think he cares. He admires this woman. And um, she, I think, by the way, she is a fine nominee to the Supreme Court. But it's the religious issues that are of concern to me. And the reason that I bring this up is it wasn't that long ago when Senator Kamala Harris was uh, questioning in a committee meeting, a committee hearing, um, was basically questioning a nominee to the judiciary. Uh, and the man was a Catholic and he was a member of the Knights of Columbus. I've mentioned this before. The Knights of Columbus is a men's service organization within the Catholic Church. By the way, I guess I should say, for those of you joining me uh, maybe earlier for the first time, I'm not Roman Catholic. I, I'm mentioning Catholics a lot. I love my Catholic friends. I work with Catholics on social issues. Um, many of my friends are Roman Catholic, but I am not Roman Catholic. So if I speak of it with some familiarity or even affection, I just want you to know why. I'm a Protestant Christian, uh, and we'll talk more about that some other time. So all that to say, uh, Kamala Harris was uh, interviewing, was questioning a man who was an appointee to the uh, judiciary, federal judiciary. And she brought up this fact that the man was a Catholic and that he was a member of the Knights of Columbus. The Knights of Columbus, of course, being Roman Catholic, is pro-life. It's anti-abortion, as is officially the entire Catholic Church, although a lot of sort of liberal American Catholics uh, depart from that view. So she took this man's head off. Did you know that the Knights of Columbus was uh, anti-abortion, anti-woman's right to choose when you joined it? Why would you join such an organization of such bigotry? Are you anti-woman? Is the Catholic Church anti-woman? I mean, she just grilled this man. Um, for his involvement in a religious denomination, which is more than one quarter of the people of the United States. The Roman Catholic Church, um, at least a a quarter of the American population, or slightly more, it's actually, I think, about 30%, are Roman Catholic. And within that, the Knights of Columbus is a very standard men's organization. And yes, it's anti-abortion. And yes, it's pro-life because it's Roman Catholic. This is obvious. Um, just as if the man was Southern Baptist and, you know, 99.9% of all Southern Baptists are anti-abortion and pro-life. So he was grilled for his association with his church. He was grilled for his involvement in the Knights of Columbus. Again, a men's service organization. Um, and the idea was to create this fog this sense, this aura, this 
culture, this attitude in the room that somehow this man was bigoted, that this man had joined a cult, that this man being was anti-woman, and all he is is a Catholic who's a member of the Knights of Columbus. Ain't a big deal, quite frankly, from the standpoint of the average American. Because again, almost 30% of Americans are Roman Catholic, and a huge portion of those Roman Catholic males are in the Knights of Columbus. Okay, all that to say that what's very likely to happen in the hearings is that she is going to be grilled, not just for being Catholic. That's not that unusual. Frankly, Catholics in the American government are, I believe, that Catholics are the largest single religious group in the American government. That hasn't changed with the recent election. So on almost every every session we've ever we've had of Congress in years, Catholics outnumber everyone else. Catholics are more represented in the American government than any other single religious group. So being Catholic's not that big a deal in terms of it being something to attack. Although uh, some like Kamala Harris will do it. But her, Amy Coney Barrett being uh, a a devoted Catholic, a charismatic Catholic, um, a person who believes in the illuminations and powers of the Holy Spirit kind of Catholic, and then being as stridently pro-life as she is. And so, of course, what happens is that she's going to be sitting in these hearings and someone, if they follow Kamala Harris's um, approach, they will say, Madam, haven't you attended conferences that were about a biblical worldview? Madam, haven't you, haven't you given speeches about uh, the Christian underpinnings of uh, American law? Madam, haven't you talked about the biblical moorings of the Western legal tradition? Isn't that bigoted? Isn't that going to, doesn't it show that you don't have balance? Aren't, aren't you incapable of ruling justly should a, a case involving a Muslim or a Buddhist or a Sikh or anyone else come up before the court? Madam, aren't you a woman who is mentally imbalanced? Aren't you religiously out of the mainstream? Uh, shouldn't you resign from being nominated as a justice of the Supreme Court? You see how it's going to go. So, Yes, we're at a dramatic moment about everything else in this election. Mr. Trump is doing everything he can to set himself on fire, indicate he might not uh, comply with being removed from office. His taxes are looking, making him look horrible. Uh, the press is coming for him, and he is not, he is not geared up for war. Um, we just have constant issues uh, where his administration and certainly his campaign are not ready to go. In the last 24 hours, one of his former campaign managers um, locked himself in his house and threatened to commit suicide. The police had to go in and pull him out. His wife had to call the police. I mean, you may think, well, what does that have to do with anything? All of it reflects negatively on Trump, Mr. Trump. All of it uh, is part of a, of a presentation the press is making. And then comes Amy Coney Barrett. And the administration is going to try to rush this through the Senate. You've already probably heard my podcast where I've given my view of that. I think it's unwise, but nevertheless, let's not talk about that now. The main issue I want you to watch is when you get off work and you can watch the the selections of video from the hearings in the evenings, or if you have a chance to record it, I'm sure it'll be on C-SPAN. It may be on major networks during the day. When these hearings are happening, watch for the tone of religious bigotry. It could be that the Senate's going to be high and elevated and people will behave themselves and grill her about her uh, legal views and her, her, her jurisprudence and her legal philosophy. That's what should happen. And anything of personal character, if she's misbehaved in some way or you know has a criminal record or, or engaged in judicial misconduct, all of that's fair game. 
But what has happened recently is a gathering storm of aren't you a nut because you're a Christian? Aren't you a nut? And in this case, it's not just going to be because you're Christian or you're Catholic. It's going to be aren't you a nut because you're a charismatic Pentecostal? Or you can say it the other way around, Pentecostal charismatic. And that will be tremendously interesting. More than that, it will reflect a new level of religious bigotry in our country. And if Amy Coney Barrett does not end up becoming our next Supreme Court nominee uh, because a religious question, because religious bigotry has painted her in dark colors for religious reasons, and this woman is not appointed, it is going to signal a massive level of anti-Christian and certainly anti-charismatic Pentecostal Christian bigotry in the broader American culture. And if that happens, you can be assured I'll be talking about it here. So watch it. Pay attention. Don't just make it about the election. Watch this hearing for Amy Coney Barrett in terms of a gathering storm of religious bigotry. I hope I'm wrong. I hope it's clean. I hope people never even hardly mention her faith. I hope that they ask about all kinds of other things, character and judicial conduct and judicial philosophy, and that we get on with life. But if it doesn't go that way, it's going to be a turning point in American history. Stephen Mansfield is a New York Times bestselling author, a popular speaker, and a frequent faith and culture commentator on Fox and CNN. His groundbreaking books on faith and society include The Faith of George W. Bush, The Search for God in Guinness, Mansfield's Book of Manly Men, and Lincoln's Battle with God. Learn more at stephenmansfield.tv.